Good afternoon, collectors. I tried to be a little bit more toned down. Yeah. I don't want to blow loose eardrums. Toned down? No, that was upbeat. I like it. And you hit Great. it hard. Yeah. Excellent. I will next time. So good afternoon, collectors. What's up, Craig, James, Donald, Cody, Kevin, of course, Mike and Padre, Lou, the rest of the gang at uh, Vintage Breaks 459 main office. Um, and a shout out to Gilmore and Drew from Vintage Breaks South. And we have a special edition of Vintage Breaks West going live tonight at 10 o'clock in Sir Charles. Thanks for joining us this week on Layton's Loft. It is today and every Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us here live on Facebook for your podcast. But, of course, if you're not able to make it due to, I don't know, life, work, a number of other things that could come up, um, you could find us in the podcast universe um, yes. on Apple, on Spotify, and all that good stuff. If any questions, hit us up. Uh, you can ask Lou or ask me directly, Layton at JustCollect.com. Good afternoon, Andy, Brad, Gus, and everyone else. Thanks for joining us. So, um, Lou, I wanted to start off with, and of course, we already have a bunch of folks saying hi. So I have a 1958 Topps Richie Ashburn uh, that I'd like to give away to someone on the show. Oh, nice. And I was going to do it in a little bit of a different fashion, but I realized we have so many folks that have already tuned in. So I'm thinking, Luke, in the next few minutes, maybe throw out a trivia question baseball-related, yep. and we will give away this 1958 Topps Richie Ashburn on our show today. I've got one. Great. Um, so before you ask it, Lou, I want to make sure that uh, everyone knows who's listening to our show, not necessarily now, but afterwards. Each and every week, we always have a good time. We give away free stuff, and yes. we talk about hobby life and anything in between so if you're looking for a little bit of an escape um find us here every wednesday on layton's loft podcast at 4 30 p.m wednesday so lou what kind of question are we going to throw out there for this free 1958 tops richie ashburn to our listeners for the early birds out there yeah absolutely okay uh guys you, we all know about um we all know about joe dimaggio's 56 game hitting streak being the longest in major league history what is the longest consecutive games on base streak and how many games was it great question lou i do not know the answer to that what's up moss and ernie rest of the gang not the hitting streak but the on base streak who holds it and how many at how many games thanks for tuning in andy on your late lunch i love the uh the use of late that's perfect <laughs> so while we're eating while we're waiting for uh, the correct answer to Oh, 60. Now, did you ask how many games it was or who did it? I asked who did it and how many games. So you really need both. Yep. And Craig got it. Craig's got it. And Ted Williams at 84 games. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The season on so base. basically a half a season, you could count on Teddy ball game to get on base every game. Yeah. I got to tell you, man, that's, that's impressive, Lou. I, I, can you imagine? That's half a season on base. Good afternoon, season, Susan. So uh, speaking of baseball records, Lou, when I was a kid, I was really into this. Haven't looked in a long time. In your opinion, and then I'd like to ask our community, what baseball record or one or two records do you think simply just will not be broken? Oh. Would you like me to go first? Because I have one that comes to mind. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I think it's virtually impossible simply because the way the game is played um, and uh, the way it's structured with as many starting pitchers, I do not think it's physically possible to break Cy Young's all-time win record yeah. of 511 yeah. games. 511 wins, yeah. That's not Sorry, 511 wins, excuse me. Yep. Um, not I do not think it's physically possible. Nope. All no. right, so we got an agreement. Yeah, that, that's one that's not going to be broken. I, I think, honestly, I think Ripken's 
consecutive games played streak is not going to be broken either. I, I, th I, I think that there's a number of them, but for whatever reason or another, Cy Young, like I'm not saying Ripken will be broken, but is it physically possible? Yes. I don't think it's physically possible to earn 511 victories in the right. major league the way the game structured today. Donovan says Nolan Ryan seven no hitters. That's a good one too. I don't see that happening either. I love the discussion. So if you had a rank, I would actually say out of the Ripken, Ryan, and Cy Young, I think what's most likely is the no hitters record being broken. Believe it or not, of those three, yes, yes. See, isn't that fascinating? It's fun to talk about stuff like that. I used to love doing that when I was a young kid. I literally would play my friend Mitch and others in his basement for ping pong, a dollar a game. And when those who weren't playing, we'd be playing video games or like basketball indoors, you know, crazy yep. stuff, breaking my my parents' friend's house, um, putting ourselves through the wall and stuff. But we would always debate in a very nerdy way, sports stuff like that. Yep. I'm curious if other folks, like, did you do that as a kid, Lou? Did you, were you really into to trivia and sports history oh. and such? Oh, sure. Well, well, we'd talk baseball and baseball would come up, what records are going to be broken as things went along and things like that. And, you know, so, yeah, these conversations came up all the time. That's what you did after you went and bought your baseball packs at the convenience store. You'd sit out there and uh, talk about the records that weren't going to be broken. Absolutely. So I remember it was in between. I don't, you know, we didn't always do it in the same order, but I would generally go to the card shop that was around the corner from my house first because I could get a few bucks. And then I'd be able to get pizza. We'd be able to throw the football around. And, of course, we would debate, no, 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 MJ is the best. How do you know he's better than Kareem? And, of course, what's really funny is the debate's still going on 15, 20 years later. Oh, I know, right? Hey, Joe Cato's here. Hi, Joe. Hey, what's up, Joe? Welcome. 191. Uh, 191 RBIs. I remember learning about that as a kid. I would say, so let's add that to the list, Lou, of four, right, with the Ryan no-hitters, RBIs, Cy Young, and Ripken. It's between Hack Wilson and the Ryan no-hitters. But be honest with you, I don't see how someone could have 191 RBIs in a season. Nope. nope. It's going to be hard to pull off. I would also say, I don't know what the game, what the record is for most complete games in a season, but that's whatever that's, that record is. That's not, not going anywhere, Lou. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Is that north of 20? I, I, I bet you it is, but I'm curious. Like I definitely know. We, it's we need our guys to get on it. We need our, our fans out there to get on it. What's the uh, current record for complete games in a season? Absolutely. Hi, Todd. Uh, so, Lou, I wanted to, uh, because last week, you know, we were so excited to have Joe on, and then we had an action-packed half hour before Joe joined us. So I want to announce our prizes for this week. You know, last week had the personal, um, uh, excuse me, the uh, free blaster box we gave away from 18 Optic. We did pull that nice Acuna, which, by the way, did you see his home run and the antics? And I just love what's going yes. on with Twitter. Trevor yep. Bauer sticking up for him. Uh, other people are sticking up for, you know, the people plunking him. And I just, I kind of think it's interesting, um, you know, in general, like there's very few people in the middle of the road. You either feel like Acuna should have been plunked, or you feel like he should have been plunked. Very few in between. How do you feel, though? Uh, no, I'm uh, as old as much of an old bastard as I am. I love the uh, I love the spice in the game. I love Bryce Hopper. I love the bat flips. I like. Listen, you do something good, celebrate it. I have no problem with that. And listen, if you don't want the guy celebrating on you, don't give up the homer. So I'll yeah. tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to take the text because we're actually trying to get Trevor Bauer to be a guest on our show. Oh, oh, that he would be awesome. He would be fascinating. Joe so to be, very, to be very clear, he has 400,000 Instagram followers. So he kind of knows he's the cat's meow a little bit. Yeah, You know what I mean? So we're going to have to negotiate. We need to find a card or something that he wants, <laughs> and then we'll be able to get to him. Is he a collector? Do we know? Like a little bit. He's on the fringe. But there's a lot of guys right now on the fringe, Lou. Josh Donaldson is a collector. We're trying to get him on the show. Yep. Uh, so some people are a little bit more serious in terms of collecting, you know, than others. 
So check out the tweet from um, Trevor Bauer yesterday. I sent to my buddy who's trying to hook me up uh, getting him. So it goes something like this. Can you see that, Lou? Hang on. I'll put it up for us. Great. Uh, there we go. Oop, I, I love when Craig, uh, Craig, I love when Lou talks about sports being fun, even though he's an old bastard. I know, um, old bastard. Yeah, listen, I like the way you say that. So here's well, some I'm yesterday. Supposed be, I'm supposed to be the old school baseball guy who doesn't like pitchers getting shown up or any other stuff. And I know. Let's have some celebration. Let's Absolutely. have some fun. Yeah, if you're not following um, Trevor Bauer on Twitter, you should. He's under Bauer, at Bauer Outage. So this is what he said uh, just yesterday um, in regards to Acuna. So if Acuna hits an opposite field homer off you that hits the second deck, he can bat flip all he wants, and yep. you just have to wear it. I mean, he could contrast that thing to the moon for all I care. Good Lord, that was a tank. Oh, and if you don't like it, get him out and strut on him, baby. I just yeah, thought it was right. so perfect. That's exactly right. Yeah, And, and that's listen- how he feels, too. He's not doing that to show you know, off to anyone. I believe that's truly how he feels. And, and listen, he hits that home run in March. I might have a different opinion of it. You hit that home run in the postseason, you know, celebrate, baby. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, but speaking of baseball, I wanted to get everyone's opinion. I, I really did want to talk about this in today's show. Is it me? But I don't. I mean, frankly, I hope the Yankees win, of course. I'm a huge fan. Yep. But is it me? Are we going to have, if the Astros somehow move to the ALCS, when are folks going to wake up and realize that team may go to the World Series. They might even win. I know. Can you imagine? An, well, are the Marlins out yet? <laughs> no, they're not out yet. Can you imagine the Marlins and Astros making this World Series after what happened in 2019 and 2020? That would be one hell well, of a for Baseball, I would certainly love it. For yep. the Astros, I would not. But I'm curious to folks out there, right? Does it matter to you? Meaning, are you going to be more mad at the game of baseball or more mad at the Astros now that there, it looks like once again, I'm not, I don't know that they did anything before. I'm not going to get into the whole uh, politics of it, right? right? But like, how do you feel as a fan of the game? Do you feel no longer cheated? Do you feel more cheated? Are you still pissed off? Meaning, in regards to the Astros, because right now, Lou, of course, the Astros are going to come out and say we're not doing anything wrong, right? But the but, reality of it is, Lou, we don't know that. Well, we don't know. First of all, we don't know it on any team. And by the way, there are more. This was more widespread than the Astros. And I know I sound like an old Patriots fan uh, using the everybody was doing it argument. But the fact of the matter is everyone was doing it to some degree or another. And listen, they paid their dues. They've gone through it. They've gone through (laughs) this year and they've come back. And if they can go through that mental test and compete for a World Series championship, God love them. Uh, You know, chances are the uh, scrutiny is so tight right now that they're not doing anything at the moment. Oh, and, I, and just, just to be clear, Lou, I agree with you. In yeah. fact, out of all of the teams in Major League Baseball, I would guess that the Astros are top five, I'm curious, in terms of abiding by the rules right now. I would imagine. Especially as they continue to achieve some success in this playoff run. Kevin talks about he didn't watch the game, but my Yankees texted upset because apparently the Rays' first page coach did push-ups in the coach's box after a Tampa home run. Nothing wrong with that either, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's weird. It doesn't bother me in terms of, like, enjoying the game less or do I feel disrespected or – I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there are things that would bother me, but that's not in particular one of them. Yeah, um, yeah listen, there's a lot of pitchers that celebrate. Forget about after a good inning, Jim. After a strikeout. You know, they're really pumped. They battled with uh, a guy 3-2 for a while. He fouled off seven pitches and he strikes him out. Yeah, they have a fist pump. Why wouldn't you be able to, you know, do similar as a batter? Christopher, I missed the question. Post it up for me again, please, and I'll take a I'll take a run at it. 
Chris said he, he asked me a question earlier. Okay. So, yeah, if uh, Chris, if we can get that back up, that'd be great. But I do like what Ben's saying. He's basically suggesting that the Astros haven't paid their dues yet. Nothing's happened to the players. They didn't feel the wrath of their fans and the MLB as a whole because of COVID. And I kind of agree with you. That's why I think it's going to be so interesting in terms of at least, right, like are the ratings going to be super low? Are they going to be super high because everyone wants to see the villain lose? Kind of curious. Uh, baseball's been good. Their ratings have actually been surprisingly good. And yeah, they haven't paid the, they didn't pay their dues for 2019 or 2000, how long this went on, but that's not the same team anymore. I mean, you know, you got to move on. You know, the, uh, the team got, uh, the team got whacked. The team paid their dues. I know the players didn't pay their dues, but you know, we're starting up new. We start every season zero and zero, right? It's a clean slate. Well, I'll say this to you, Lou, my friend, who's also a Patriots fan, and even mm -hmm. though the Jets mean nothing at the moment, Brady <laughs> left. I still thoroughly hate the Patriots. It's all right. That's fine. <laughs> no problem. Not a lot of people like Bill, so. Yeah, but, you know, it's all in the fun of sports, though. It's nothing personal. It's just about, you know, you guys have been extremely successful. You ha We had Belichick for 24 hours, right, uh, as our coach. You know, all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, you know, all kidding aside, I think the baseball playoffs – have been a lot of fun. I like seeing different teams in there. I don't necessarily love the format. I think some of the better teams or inconsistent teams may be robbed, um, you know, of let's say they're 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 due moving on. At the same time, I could argue, well, you know what? If they weren't good enough to get it done in a few games, maybe they weren't good enough right now at this time of year. So it's it's tough to say. Yeah, and you know, my thing about the, you still not liking the Patriots, it's fine by me because we embrace the hate up here in New England, and you know, nobody likes bad. No one dislikes bad teams, right? I'm starting to hate the Jets very much, Lou. <laughs> no, you don't hate them. No, no, it's it's a love hate, really. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, right? Absolutely. Um, so, Kev, we totally get it, bud. So, anyway, let's announce the prizes for today, Lou. Thanks again to everyone who's joining us here on Layton's Loft. If you are watching and you participate on our show by um, writing something in the chat, you will get one entry. If you share our show through a watch party. And we have our little, little birdies double checking. Um, you will get a second entry into our giveaways. And we have seven prizes for today. We're giving away a $50 break credit. We're giving away three spots in our after party $100 bonus promo. So for those of you that don't know exactly what that means, the only way to get a spot in our after party bonus promo is to spend 100 bucks on any spots at all on Vintage Break's site at checkout. Or you can win a free spot. And by the way, the prize... Just a thousand dollar break credit to vintagebreak.com. Oh. oh, nice. So we're giving someone, we're going to give three people a chance today to have um, the ability to maybe win that thousand dollar break credit. It's all going down Friday night, Vintage Breaks North main office. I believe it ends at 11, uh, 10 o'clock or 11. Check the site. Um, and the last three prizes of today are three spots in our Ben Baller uh, box giveaway at Vintage Breaks. I know we've had. Uh, a bunch given away over the last few weeks. We're going to try to pick that up so we can close it out and give away a free box and open it live on air, um, hopefully very soon, on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash vintage breaks. So getting back to sports with switching sports, Lou, talking about LeBron. And I just want to address Christopher. Oh, He's asking yeah, Joe West throwing out uh, Tim Anderson uh, for throwing the bat, for flipping the bat. And no, that's not Joe West's job. But Joe West isn't always about doing his job he's about you know joe west most of the time so no joe west overstepped his bounds absolutely in that situation it's not the umpire's job agree with you uh lou um so break credits are good for eternity if you ask me how long eternity is i don't know 
so that's the best way I can answer that. It's a very um, philosophical question in 2020. Exactly. So, hey, what's up, Nick? Uh, what's up, Matt, Joe, the rest of the gang? Um, so I wanted to talk about LeBron and the Lakers being up Ugh. on uh, uh, the series on the Heat three games to one. And it's really interesting, at least in the card market, I was looking at some feedback earlier today, and there's a number of folks that think, one, even when the Lakes likely now win it, and it goes LeBron's fourth title, right. um, they think that maybe there's going to be a short-term gain, but they really just think that maybe at best it'll stay solid, and then we'll have to see next year uh, you know, what's going to happen in terms of maybe a more full season. But more importantly, um, is there anyone in our group watching right now, forget about who appreciates LeBron, because I appreciate him as a player. He's amazing. But who likes LeBron, who, lo who loves LeBron, is a big fan. And if so, I'm curious as to why. I mean, look, I think he does a lot of great stuff for the community. But in terms of a player himself, whether it be walking off the court the other day or just yeah. seeming unlikable, um, there's just, you know, I don't, uh, I don't wish him ill. And I don't even really care if he wins the title, but I think it does have to – it does have an impact on his card value, Lou. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's there's no one I can compare him to in the game, but I believe that if, you know, the Heat, for example, won the title, there would be uptick on Jimmy Butler's rookies, an uptick on Tyler Harrow rookies, an right. uptick on Bam rookies. I think if the Lakers win, you're going to see an uptick on AD rookies, on Anthony Davis. I'm not so sure on LeBron rookies. Because I think what's happening, and this is what I want to ask you, Lou, and our community. So where do you place LeBron? Just given the given the title, right? Even let's say he ties Michael and he gets two more and he ends up with six. Do you really think of them as a top five of all time? Do you think of him just as the greatest of his era? I'm curious what you think, Lou. I know you're not a big NBA uh, fan. I'm not a big NBA but a fan, but I have an opinion on this because I think LeBron has to be judged differently, even based on number of titles. And it's because of the NBA, the way it's structured right now. And the NBA is a men's league softball uh, league right now where a bunch of buddies get together and form teams and they yeah. drag around players. And it's, it's not like the team is built through a GM anymore. It's built through, I want to go play with this guy. Or I want to go play with that guy. We got Anthony Davis and, and Kyrie in Brooklyn now. And teams are put together in such a way that they can win a lot of championships could LeBron win a ton of championships in the Michael Jordan era where he was given the team he was given and that's it in the Bill Russell era where he was given the team he was given and that's it where he couldn't call his buddies. And, you know, look what they did to the Lakers. Look what he did to the Lakers, just going over there and just pulling people into the Lakers and uh, basically ramrodding the acquisition of Anthony Davis down, you know, Los Angeles's throat. It was, you know, it, the whole league set up to form super teams and not do it through, regular means, but to do it through a bunch of buddies getting together and want to win championships. So I kind of discount the championships in this era. That's my, my feeling about it anyway. So uh, in terms of super teams, totally agree that not only has it changed the game, Lou, it actually makes it less interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not about building a team. It's not, there is no loyalty anymore. I mean, uh, we're Red Sox and Yankees fans. We have players with us for six, seven, eight years, or whether it be Bruins fans or you know, Tom Brady for 20 years doesn't happen in the NBA anymore. You do a five-year max contract and you're out of town, right? Yep. So another thing is, and I'm going to answer the question about uh, from Patrick first. So in regards to LeBron first-year Laker cards, 
Patrick, I do think that's one of the few spots LeBron's uh, cards will go up. I believe that there's enough people who like the Lakes um, and that even though it's not his rookie, they want his first-year Laker card. You've already seen that this season where his first-year Laker cards were trending upwards. So I think that's one of the areas that, um, you know, LeBron will see some real appreciation. But based on, you know, if it was a different player right now, I, I think that the cards would be trending even more upwards. And, in fact, just because they had gone up so much, it seems like they kind of leveled off a little bit. Um, and I do think that whether it be it's next year or in five years and ten years, unless – these kinds of seasons, meaning abbreviated, abridged, um, no fans or little fans, unless yeah. it happens again for the next several years because of COVID, and obviously, God, uh, I hope it does not. Um, I absolutely think that not just for basketball, I think for baseball, maybe not football, they have the full season. Um, I think there is going to be an asterisk. Even if it's not in the books, it's going to be a mental asterisk for people. Yeah, I, I think I I don't think you have to officially put that asterisk on it because everyone's going to talk about the 2020 season, the 2020 baseball season in terms of COVID and a shortened season and and all that. So it's going to be there. It's kind of like the way I feel about steroid users in the Hall of Fame, whereas you put them in the Hall of Fame and you talk about it. You know, you talk about Barry Bonds and the steroids issue, Roger Clemens, even Mark McGuire. You put them in and you tell the stories because that's what the Hall of Fame is all about. And I think when we tell the story of 2020 in baseball, it's going to be the COVID story, right? I mean, uh, totally, totally agree with you. Let's just hope that it's not the COVID story in 2021. Yeah. Let's not hope it's in 2022. And I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer. I'm just saying that I hope, you know, we're able to, to, to move, you know, move forward. Um, I had a show this morning with a Bruins player on and we were just talking about it. And I was making, I was making fun of the co-host because he brought the Bruins player on. She brought the Bruins player on. I said, what are we doing this for? The NHL season just ended. Well, yeah, it's going to start up in about four weeks too. So we're talking about the NBA restarting in like a couple months, maybe on Christmas. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Isn't it? It's pretty wild. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to read the comments really interesting today, Lou, you know, in the chat, uh, I do agree with Kev uh, G about LeBron and his activism. Um, but I would say, and I'm not uh, taking anything away from LeBron, but I do think that there's a lot of athletes that they do things and you never know about it because they don't want you to know. But, you know, and not to get too far down this road on this one, but the whole thing with LeBron and his activism was he gave up his activism card on the China issue. You know, you, you he's playing both sides of the street at this point. That was total. the whole China defense was totally um, about his wallet. In his pocket. Oh, to be fair, I was more talking about what he's done with the school in Akron and yeah. how he seems to care for kids. Because um, I do think that if we went through his laundry list of activism, I don't know that I would see eye to eye with everything. I was more specifically talking about the school. But my point is, let's just talk about the school for a minute. Yep. I think that there's a lot of folks that are either at the professional level in one of the major four leagues, NBA, NFL, um, NBA, NHL, and they do a lot of great things for their community. They just don't wear it on their shirt. They right. don't tell anyone on social media. They maybe go visit a hospital uh, every week or every weekend. And um, I think that, that it's, it's, it's all okay. Meaning, you know, whatever folks can do in that position of power to help out our society, especially those that need it more than others, I think it's fantastic. But I just want to make it clear when people talk about, and once again, I'm just isolating LeBron to his work with the school. I don't think LeBron's the only person who's ever done work with a school. He's no. just very vocal about it. Yep. And to be fair, he's done some great stuff. Corey um, has an interesting take here. He says LeBron embraces his own heel persona. Do you think that's true? Do you think LeBron embraces it? I think he. I think he's kind of chafes at it. I, I, oh, I, I agree with you. Yeah. 
And I don't, I'm not sure what Corey, I mean, obviously these are short comments, so we can't get the full context of what he means, but I don't think LeBron's cultivating a heel persona. I think he just, I think he fights back at it. He gets mad sometimes. He's kind of Trumpish in that regard where, where people start to criticize him and he'll, he'll respond because he doesn't like the criticism. Yep. And just uh, to hop on, uh, you know, Nick Abel was saying uh, you're agreeing with um, the notion of McGuire and Clements and Bonds. We've talked about this before, Lou, outside of sports. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really unhealthy thing to do to walk around life with your notebook, with your pen, and you're taking notes on people. Ah, uh, that person did wrong. Yep. That, I don't agree. That person did wrong. So to me, you've said it best, Lou, and I feel like you've taught me because maybe I wasn't exactly sure how I felt you know, over the last few years. You mean as a young kid kind of growing up and, and learning about the Hall of Fame, it was this sacred thing that my father had his own opinion about, right? Right. But the reality of it is your your play should get you into that respective Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm yeah. in the Ken Caminiti camp, and Ken Caminiti talked about upwards of 80% of the players using some kind of performance-enhancing drug to some degree. And I believe that to be true. It wasn't just McGuire. It wasn't just Bonds. It wasn't just Clemens. And we had a good percentage of players using it, and two guys hit 70 homers in that era. You know? Yep. It's just totally. like they were still within the context of their era. They were still Hall of Fame athletes. And listen, I'm not I don't tone it, turn a deaf ear to the to the PEDs, but put the plaque up, stand your kid in front of them, stand in front of them, and tell the story because the hall is a hall of stories. And that's what we should be telling. Like any other. Era, listen, if you were going to go on this regard, then every player after 1968, when they lowered the mound, would have to put an asterisk next to them and would have to take their numbers and, and try to try to compare them against older era players because that was a big offensive advantage. Uh, Year-round training. I'm, I remember here in Boston, everyone went nuts when uh, Fred Lynn came back and said he'd been using a Nautilus in the offseason, and people were talking about outlawing the Nautilus. <laughs> it's, it's like the game has changed. The biggest myth in baseball is that the game hasn't changed over the years, and you can't compare Ruth's 60 to Maris's 61 to Maguire's 70 to Bond's 73. Well, maybe Bond's and Maguire you can compare. But it's totally different eras, totally different games. This myth that the game hasn't changed at all, and we have to keep this one yardstick comparison of players, we got to let go of that because it's been different eras. The game is different. It's different now than it was in the 1800s, certainly in the mid-1900s. It's a different game. Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree with you. Um, we're reaching the top of the hour. We're uh, going to be working on a guest for next week. Um, as you can see, uh, Lou, what I try to do is we try to have a guest on one week and then maybe go off a week because what I find is there's so much to talk about. Look, our show would have been basically cut off now in a minute, um, and we have about another half hour to chat, so we're looking yep. forward to that. Um, so I think that what you're talking about in regards to sports, really you could talk about in regards to business. So, you know, candidly, when we started Vintage Breaks a couple of years ago, we did things a little bit differently than other breakers did. And, in fact, I won't name them, but I had fellow – whether it be friends of mine in a hobby, dealers, hey, late, I think you're doing it wrong, or I would do it different. Yeah, I said, oh, you know what's awesome? Go to GoDaddy. You could buy a website for like 12 <laughs> bucks, right? Go yep. start it. Let me know how it goes, and then you can do it your own way. Right. And believe, to be fair, we are absolutely open to uh, feedback. That's, I believe, why we're so good at what we do is we stay very much in touch with our community here, and not just on Layton's Loft, but with Vintage Breaks and just collect. Um, but I think that sometimes you have to kind of forge your own path. And so I do think a little bit, you know, what's going on in sports, 
is they're forging their own path. You don't have to agree with it. Right. You don't have to watch. And to be fair, I know folks have said it in the chat. The NBA, you know, numbers are down uh, in terms of the finals. And they, and they are. But yep. I'll be honest with you, I don't think players are really that worried. Maybe management's worried. Yeah. You think LeBron's pocketbook's hurt by the NBA finals ratings this year? Nope. No, I mean, really virtually no one's is. Now, maybe the next generation in, in 10 years or in 15 years, if that continues a downward trend, absolutely will impact the future generation, but not now. I'll tell you what, anyone whose contract is up this year or next year better be worried. Because, uh, yes. You know, the, if you are at, yes, I agree. With the you. owners have taken a hit. The owners are bleeding money at this point, and this is all sports. This is the NFL. Well, I was going to say, though, I don't think it has to do with ratings. I think that the yep. NFL owners or the NBA owners have taken a hit, like many other business owners have taken a hit across our country uh, and across the world. Hopefully, the difference is for many of these owners being billionaires or very rich, they can yep. afford to do that, um, yep. and we're still going to be able to see a great product on the field next year on the court in those respective sports. Yep. I mean, we're not going to have to hold a bake sale for any of these owners, but by the same token, we have to recognize they're taking a hit. They're, they're taking a haircut here and this whole thing, like many of us are here in the economy. Yep. So, Dougie, with the uh, scoring update, Braves are up 2 nothing now. Um, I'm kind of hoping for the Braves-Padres, but I, I, I'm a little bit worried about the pods. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Dodgers are the best team. The Dodgers are the best team in, in, in probably in baseball, I think. Oh, I, I mean, I think you're right. doesn't mean the win. doesn't mean the win. Yep. And by the way, I think the Yankees match up well against them. I called Yankees and Dodgers at the beginning of the year because not just because it's the obvious choice. No, I don't applaud that because it's the obvious choice. But I know. I, but I hope it's, yeah, I'm just excited. I want to see the Yanks do it. But, you know, there's no guarantees. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to make sure that, uh, you know, for those folks that missed Jared from GemMint.com yesterday, that, Lou, we uh, officially yeah. rolled out, um, or if you will, we rolled out, uh, the ability for our company, Vintage Breaks, to accept submissions uh, on behalf of folks to submit to PSA. Yeah. And so, um, first and foremost, thank you uh, to Jared uh, and to J5 for taking about a half hour yesterday out of our show to uh, have Jared on, Lou. He took everyone through their software uh, that he uses and really tried to make it as easy as possible for folks to understand how the system works and how they can submit cards um, through Vintage Breaks uh, to PSA utilizing gemmint.com service. And for those of you that want to know the URL, it's very easy. You're going to go to gemmint.com slash vintage breaks. That is going to be the portal that you'll be able to use to submit your cards. And there's really two ways to submit your cards uh, through Vintage Breaks using gemmint.com and Jared's service. So the first one is if you pull your cards on camera and you like them graded, you'll simply reach out to our staff and coordinate um, with our office to get them submitted on your behalf to PSA through uh, Jared Service, gemmint.com. And what's really great, Lou, is that everything is um, tracked using his software. So when we send out the package, it goes into a system. When PSA gets it, it goes into a system. You can get text alerts, um, very much similar to what we do with our braking operation, how you can now get text alerts. When your brake sells out, when you get a text alert, yep. when it's about to break. And so for those, that you, those of you that missed yesterday, um, you can find the video on YouTube uh, about uh, Jared's service and the usage of the software. We also shared that YouTube video in our Vintage Breaks Buy, Sell, Trade Facebook group, so you can check it out. And the second way to submit your cards is if you have cards of your own, you don't want to join the PSA Collectors Club 
or you don't want to submit to PSA directly for whatever reason or another, you're going to be able to um, send your cards directly to PSA utilizing Gem Mint's um, service that we're offering through Vintage Breaks. And once again, you can find that at gemmint.com slash vintage breaks. Um, and Jared did a wonderful job yesterday with J5 walking through the submission process. If you have any questions at all, please call our office at 732-828-2261. And if you have any questions about grading in particular, in fact, it just reminded me, Todd, I think you emailed me the other day, just been getting crushed with emails. And I think you guys could probably hear it in my, my voice, just a little under the weather at the moment. Um, and in fact, went for a COVID test yesterday, just yeah. to be actually careful. Um, didn't get the result yet. I mean, I feel, you know, well enough, but, you know, just want to be safe. And it turns out, Lou, that I guess now people think that the instant COVID test is not that accurate. Yeah. So I went to get the one that takes a few days to get the results. So I went yesterday and man, the guy, you know, the doc and the nurse warned me about this, you know, very long yeah. tip they're going to put in your nose. And I had one test before a few months ago and we did it for quarantine, but it was the instant test, you know, the one day. This was much different. I literally snatched it out of his hand because I like, I don't know, man. I just, it was too much for me. And he's like, oh, I was just going to take it out. It was done. I'm yep. like, well, I helped you. We're done. <laughs> uh, so um, if you hear it in my voice today, I do apologize. Um, but uh, having a lot of fun with you folks today. Um, so anyway, for those of you that uh, would like to, um, ask me any questions about grading um, in terms of how it works or a particular card like Todd recently did and Todd will get back to you later today, um, please hit me up at my personal email, Leighton at JustCollect.com, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N at JustCollect.com, and I'd be happy to give you an opinion, meaning if a card, if you're not sure if it's worth it to grade, you want to get a kind of a pre-grading opinion, um, I'd be happy to render one for you. Um, you know buddy. what we should do, and we got to talk about next week's show, in a minute because it leads up to uh, one of vintage breaks a new vintage breaks experience coming up so we'll talk about it in a second but the week afterwards if you want to go in between what we should do maybe is invite people to come on this show with their card and we can bring them into the video oh. they can show you the card and you can get you can give them a, an opinion maybe live here on the air you think that's oh, something i think that, that we should do that absolutely um yeah. now your friend uh i forgot his name the former or the announcer for the hawks steve uh, holman steve holman steve holman Steve Holman, he's going to be on, uh, what's the, not the 14th, the 21st, right? No, the 14th because, oh, no, 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 excuse me. Because Dominique is the 20th, right? Yes, exactly. So yeah. perfect. Uh, so um, next week's show, I forgot, we already have our guests lined up. So this is what happens. You get a little under the weather, you take medication, <laughs> you, know, you can't really see things straight. I thought I had blurry vision earlier today. I was like making myself crazy. Um, I'm glad that you enjoyed it yesterday, Matt. He's a good guy. Yep. All right, so next week we're going to have Steve Holman on. He's been the Atlanta Hawks play-by-play -play guy for the last 30 years, and uh, he's a local boy to me here, and I've known Steve for a long time. Uh, we've worked at the same station, not at the same time, but we worked at the same station for Kirk Gowdy, by the way. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, and Steve worked with Johnny Most up here calling Celtics games too. So hopefully I have a story about that as well. But he can tell us some stories, maybe give us some insight into speaking to Dominique on the 20th. Really looking forward to that. Uh, thanks again to Steve for joining us next Wednesday on Layton's Loft Podcast at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and on October 20th, we're going to have none other than Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight <laughs> film on uh, that Tuesday, the 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And I'm thinking, Lou, maybe that Wednesday, the Wednesday after Neek, we'll kind of recap the show on here. Let's encourage folks two weeks from today. Um, we'll talk to J5, we'll figure out um, who we're going to select, and we'll have a number of folks be able to take 
their card or cards on here and show it to us. And whether it be it's an ungraded, excuse me, ungraded card and you'd like to get a um, possible grade for it, or yep. if you have a card that's already graded and you want to know if it's, you think it'll cross to PSA or across to Beckett or SGC, be happy to. We can do it just basically as a call-in show. We'll hand out the link to the show, and then oh. people can people can come on and j just show me a card in the green room, and uh, we'll bring it up, and you can talk about it. We'll see how many we can get done. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea, Lou. Uh, I'm really excited for that. And um, it's one of the things, guys, that I really like about doing Late as Well podcast is there's really no rules. Right. We do stuff that we like to do. We like to have fun. We like to embrace the community. Uh, and... Um, I think that the next two weeks are going to be really, really fun between having a veteran NBA announcer who covered the very um, future, uh, the very uh, um, Hall of Fame athlete that we're going to be having on just a few days after, um, and then to have you folks call in the week after. I think it's going to be really, really fun for the next few weeks. Yep, Brian, you are definitely right. Uh, you know, just trying to, to stay positive and stay in the zone. But, you know, candidly, I asked the, the, the nurses out with Kroz. Uh, he, Kroz, he had tennis this afternoon. Um, and, you know, not feeling certainly up to, to taking him. So I requested three more boxes of tissues. Okay. Through my box of tissues from yesterday. You know, without getting into the, the nitty-gritty of it, when you blow your nose with things that are not that soft. Oh, yeah. Right on your nose. It starts to wear on you, sure. Yeah, I yeah, I think it is. I think That's it is. probably the uh, third worst area for rough, you know, for rough uh, cleaning materials. I like how you had it already ready. It was like the third one. <laughs> yeah, I was ranking them in my head. Well, I know. I like, I like, yeah, I like what you did. Number three for me. Absolutely. Hey, we can have Joe back. Joe, Joe's with us today. We can have Joe back today. Joe back and do some recipes. Maybe maybe he'll cook for us. I think that would be uh, fantastic. I'm looking forward to having Joe back on. And, and when I talked to Joe just a few days after uh, Lou uh, later that week, you know, we really connected. Um, we had a lot of fun. And, you know, of course, waiting for things to calm down. But we had a lot of folks to hang out with in the Boston area. We're really excited to get back up there. Um, I told my wife about it, of course. Now she's like watching the show on Pluto. I told you two would hit it off, right? Oh, he's, he's, he's great. Yeah. Um, and he really, you know, I, I think that, like, I need help with meatballs. I need help. <laughs> I want to know how to make my own grape Swedish fish. And I can help him figure out with his cards, should he get some of them graded to protect him uh, right. or his son's collection um, and kind of, you know, the ins and outs of all that. But uh, speaking of grading and yesterday um, having, um, you know, Jared on from Gem Mint, I want to talk about something that I've come across personally, uh, you know, in terms of how um, how slow right now the grading companies are and what it's done to my business, Just Collect, and what it's done to Vintage Breaks, our business, and how I think about things. So, for example, Lou, um, you know, for our set breaks that we offer, I often, let's say I'll buy a raw set or I'll have a raw set and I'll get some of the cards graded. Grading costs have become so bad and so yeah. high and so slow. So slow, Lou, yeah. Lou, what I'll have to do often is I'll have to go out and buy a few of the cards. Maybe not the mantles, right? Those I can afford to pay the upcharge to grade them faster. But in some cases, the companies want more money to grade the card than what it's actually worth. Yeah. So I'll go out and I'll pull... Uh, a 57 tops Warren spawn from the set and I'll just buy uh, an SGC graded example on eBay. Um, it's a lot better of a proposition in terms of time and money for us right now. And so what I'm getting to is I want you folks to ask yourselves when you grade cards, what do you think you're grading them for? So in other words, if you're grading them 
Yeah. Because you simply want it in the holder. Well, then it doesn't really matter when you get it back. If you're grading it because you want to make money, what I would do is, Lou, I would encourage our community to look at what you're trying to buy for investment, what your cost is going to be per unit. Yeah. And then look what's on the open market now in terms of for sale because you might be better served instead of grading those said cards, waiting all the time it's going to take to come back or having to pay the upcharge, which, you know, is very bad. Also, you might be just best off buying cards on the secondary market. Yep. And listen, if you're going to treat it as an investment, if you're going to treat it as a transaction, you have to treat it as a transaction, right? You have to have all your costs involved here. Yes. So that's one of the things um, I believe that, uh, you know, I've become very good at over the years, Lou, is I have a system uh, and, I, and I'll bring it up now because I think it's very interesting. So when you buy out of most major auction houses, mm -hmm. like our friends at Golden Auctions, like our friends at REA or Heritage or SCP, they all have a BP, a buyer's premium. Right. It usually runs about 20%. So let's just say a lot cost you a thousand bucks. That's not cheap, 20%. So, so now it costs you $200 on top of that. So it's 1200 bucks, right? Right. So believe it or not, what I do is when I buy out of auctions, I have, and I'll share with you folks my number, I consider eBay, PayPal, and labor on top of the 20 points. Sure. So I generally run that if I'm going to buy $1,000 for every 1000 bucks I spend in an auction, I believe it costs me about $1,350, meaning it's twelve, it's 200 bucks for the BP, so that's 1200 right. I tag on about another 15%. So basically, when I'm bidding in the auction, let's just use this $1,000 example. If it closes at a hammer price of 1000 and I pay 1200 with the buyer's premium, I'm figuring, Lou, that for me to make any profit, it actually costs 1350 mm -hmm. And the reason why it's so useful, I'm making it up. If I thought I could only get $1,500 out of it, but it was only one item, one card, Lou, you know what? Maybe I'll buy it. I'll make 100 bucks, 150 bucks, no biggie. Right. But I have to do any work at all. And I'm only going to make a few hundred dollars. I'm not going to buy that lot. It's not right. worth it to you. So my advice to you, we're going to, we're, you're going to see how we're going to suck that back into the grading conversation. Be honest with yourself about your intentions as to why you're grading. Because I just saw someone mention, uh, like David, if you're grading for future value, then it shouldn't really matter that much that you need it necessarily today or tomorrow. Thus, don't pay the upcharge for faster grading. If you needed to complete a set, and obviously not that many people are doing set breaks, but if you needed to complete a set, or if you need it because you're trying to um, build up your rookie stash of PSA 10s of a certain rookie, I'm suggesting to you that there's maybe an alternative way to just taking that raw card, paying the PSA fee, and although I'm sure it looks very attractive, hey, buy a raw card for 2 bucks, pay 8 10 bucks to get it graded, and now it's worth 30 50 or 100 The problem is, what if it takes 6 months or a year to get that back? And you actually wanted to sell that card and liquidate it for your profit. In right. between, you can't because you don't have it. So my advice is to maybe go out and speculate and buy some of those cards already graded so that way you'll be in a position to sell them when you'd like versus saying to yourself, hey, really wish I had X back, but I can't sell them because I don't actually have it back yet for PSA. Right. Now, you brought up a very what makes it a more complex transaction and more complex calculating where you're talking about completing a set and you've got a, basically a common card but it's a, it's a nine or a 10, which is going to help your overall set grade. <coughs> now, then that's a much more complex decision because if you're going to be selling a set, 
yeah, again, and I'm guessing people aren't keeping track of their overall set costs, what they've sunk into the set to that point. I'm guessing not many people are keeping well, yeah, track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a tougher decision when you've got a basically a common card. And you're going to have to wait, you know, six months to get it graded. And you're going to have to pay, obviously, more than it's worth. And how much is it actually going to help the grade of your set? Uh, 100%, Lou. So, for example, right now, I have a couple sets from the 60s I really like to offer through Vintage Breaks. And I have a, I have a dilemma. I'll explain to you why. They're not high grade. They're like minish grade. So let's take a 62 top set. And we could go on eBay. A 62 tops mantle and a five, and which I think this card is going to be a four or five. It's not a lot of money. You know, it's 300 bucks. It's 500 bucks. Yeah, I got to check the numbers. But it's in that range, let's say. Lou, when I contacted, I don't want to name the grading company, to try to get a bulk deal the other day for faster grading. Let's just say it didn't go the way I would have liked. <laughs> yeah. And um, the quote that I got for one week turnaround, not for super expensive cards, but cards like this mantle, yep. was $75 a card. Wow. For $75 a card, Lou, I'm going to keep my mantle ungraded. Yep. I will grade it on the bulk service. And if I really want to offer this as a set break, I will simply go into the market. I will buy a nice mantle. And that's how much the grading slowdown has affected our business. Right. So um, it's just something to keep in mind that even like with the modern rookies, beyond the delay in getting them back, guys can get hurt. They cannot play well anymore. And what if the hotness runs out? So all of a sudden you're like, I, I don't know, I too much stuff in my mind, but you grade a prospect. He's doing great. And let's say, and we've seen this in sports, Lou, he's, he cools off a little bit, but yet he's still doing well, but maybe you can't sell them for the same numbers. Right. So between the cost at 12 or $14 a card for a card from 2017 and up and the actual cost of the card itself, and you don't know when you're going to get it back, I can tell you I graded very few cards other than 19 basketball. Like I sent in some Luis Roberts. The guy might be in his third year in the league by the time I get them back. And I know yeah. I'm exaggerating a little bit. So yeah, like, not please, much. Yeah. please make sure you caution yourself. Like, I wouldn't be grading right now second-tier, third-tier guys. Yeah. Because you don't know when you're going to have them back. You're better off letting someone else grade them and just trying to buy it if you like them. I was going to say, so are you willing – Is it has it raised the price of – cards that are graded already in other words you might pay a little extra premium for a card that's already graded or maybe so try, uh, try to turn over your ungraded some areas lou yes yeah but my point is is that i'm telling you folks just like lou said and you heard it from me it's coming so if you are sitting on the sidelines right now and you are thinking about pulling the trigger on a number of cards on ebay of course i hope you buy them and just collect <laughs> that aside yeah um my advice is buy it sooner rather than later if it's something that you want for your collection. PSA and SGC are not going to get much faster in the near future. In the next three to five years, yes, I think they'll straighten themselves out. But I'm being transparent with you folks and giving you my blunt opinion. I think this is a six to 15-month problem in terms of them figuring themselves out. And to be very clear, in that six to 15 months, I don't think it's going to be perfect I think they're going to figure out how to get more volume through the funnel. Yeah. But understand that that funnel is already really tight right now. And there's a ton of stuff in it. 
So even when they figure out the problem, it's not going to be like they're just going to wake up and say, oh, my God, yeah. the, the ability to just do it through osmosis, and we're completely caught up. Yeah, listen, this is costing them money. So if they had any kind of realistic solution at this point, they would have done it. They would they would have. They would have brought in more volume because it's making them a ton of money. The more volume they, they bring in, the more money they make. So they don't have a solution at this point. This is uh, very cool. So Big League Sports Cards. I'm not sure of your first name, but I'd love to uh, bring up his comment, Lou. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, I'd like to know where Big League Sports Cards is located. And then we also have a store locator, Lou, on our JustCollect.com website. Yeah. JustCollect.com slash card store finder. So Big League, if you want to drop me an email, latenedgescollect.com, I'd be happy to add your shop to our card store directory and support the local card shops. If he hasn't already. Hopefully he has. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so buy and sell. I basically got tired of slow shipping. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. I'm really happy to, um, uh, to hear that. Uh, it's my pleasure, Big League. I, I really love what you do. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't. I don't love talking like I sound like I have someone squeezing my nose today while I'm talking. <laughs> I can actually hear it. Um, but uh, that being said, I thought this was a really good episode to talk about the grading because we just had on Jared yesterday, um, and I just I don't want people to fool themselves, Lou. You know, and I don't mean this in like such a yeah. terrible way that you know you're going to get screwed. I'm just saying like the, the problem's not going to be solved quickly, so so don't fool yourself into thinking that. So if you've had your your and I know eBay Bucks just came out, you know if you've had your 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 eye out on something. So I'll tell you the last thing I just used my eBay Bucks on, Bernard King rookies are still undervalued. I know some basketballs come down, yeah. But you know how I know it's undervalued, Lou. I've opened hundreds of packs for vintage breaks. We've never pulled the nine. Nines rarely come up for sale. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when you immerse yourself in something as much as I do, and you love being a card nerd, you just know when you know. So my point is, folks, you might have your little neck of the woods in the card hobby. You know a lot about 1999 Pokemon, which, by the way, Ken, I'll call you later. Right. Or you know a lot about 1950s hockey, which even though I know a bunch about it, Lou, definitely not an expert. Take your little niche and take the broad-based knowledge I'm sharing with you today, gang, whether it be during live on our podcast or you're listening to us afterwards, and use that to your advantage, knowing that there's going to be not as many graded cards on the market as there likely should be or would be if these companies were operating a little bit more smoothly. Now, I'm surprised you talk about a card that's undervalued at this point because the way the industry is with all the information that's readily available in terms of uh, ports and even just go on eBay and find out what, what the average price is and things like this, how does it, what is the model of a card that is undervalued at this point? What happens with that card? Love to talk about it, that'd be great. Yeah. So uh, first, special shout out to Bobby B. Um, Bobby Burrell is a very special individual who I've met a number of times through the years uh, at the Toronto Expo in Canada. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Bobby has an unbelievable hockey price guide. Now, Bobby, I don't know if you still have it, um, uh, meaning in stock, but if you do, I'd love to drop your link in our chat or buy some books off of you and give them away to our community. So, Bobby, if you can hit me up with an email, Leighton at JustCollect.com, uh, I'd love to reconnect with you and get some of your price guides out there. I know I have your price guide in my office. It has everything and anything to do with hockey. I wouldn't sell it for anything, Lou. It's like the hockey Bible. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Okay. Is this true? Is uh, Sam the Vintage Breaks hockey guru? I think Doug's been drinking today. I'm, I'm finding that a little incredulous, but I just uh, want to make sure. I'm, I... 
Yeah, so we're, we're going to say negatory on that. Um, <laughs> but Bobby, so that sounds like then you're going to have to do another edition. Um, it really is a fantastic book. Amazing pictures. Um, and, you know, uh, at liberty, it's sounding like my five-year-old Crosby. Um, the pictures are incredible, Lou, because they're not something you could just Google very easily and find a really rare hockey display box. Um, oh, I love that. So we've got a website and app coming in the new year. That's oh, nice. Oh, that's going to be great. So, Bobby, let's connect offline. Uh, maybe we'll have you as a guest on a future episode of The Loft. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, Bobby's great. He's one of a kind. Um, so, anyway, folks, we have a few minutes left in the show uh, today. And I wanted to see, um, Dougie, make sure we don't go too long uh, in terms of, I guess you have about another minute or so for the participation promo. Yes, Sam is our Pokemon guru. Uh, we're working on a very, very exciting Pokemon collection right now. And really? that's not counting the box that I'm talking to Ken Gambit about later today. Hmm. Yeah. But do you do you uh, do you get your hackles up when there's a Pokemon card? I do because, because you know what it is, Lou. I'm learning about it, and Crosby's okay. into it. Oh Crosby, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Pokemon and me, we started playing Pokemon Go together, and I haven't been able to hang out with him really the last few days. We're trying to be ultra safe because of COVID, and you know I'm a little bit under the weather. So until I find out and confirm everything, been kind of generally staying away from him. But uh, he's been asking me when we're going to play Pokemon Go again. And, um, you know, he he's like he's he's making Elena, our beloved nurse, <laughs> like educate herself and him. They're watching YouTube videos about uh, what is it called? It's not metamorphosis. It's it's uh, for those who know Pokemon, Pokemon. It's um, what do they call it? You uh, you, you, you I, I don't know. Feeling one of the way I can't I can't remember. But. There's, they go through these changes, and he used to be this one, but now he morphed into this one. Yep. Listen, I tried to get a conversation going last week because Topps put out this virtual card collecting thing. Oh. And the whole Pokemon Go thing, and I think you and I talked about this at least a couple years ago when, when uh, Pokemon Go came out. I think there's a room for this in maybe not the baseball card collection universe, but people collect cards. I think there's room for this on an electronic scale. It's not going to replace... Uh, hands-on cards or anything like that, but I think there's some room and some interest in this. I will point you to a game, I don't know if anybody's familiar with it, called Out of the Park Baseball, which is a baseball simulation game, and they've worked in a lot of cards into the game. You can play this module of the game called Perfect Team, and what happens is they start, they give you 10 packs of cards, and you open them, and it gives you players, and by the way, these aren't just modern players, they're players going all the way back through baseball history, who have different abilities and different scores, and there's an auction house where you can auction the cards off and buy other cards and things like that. And it's kind of card collecting, but in a way you get a simulation on top of it. And it's not, again, it's not replacing real cards in your hand, but it's kind of an interesting offshoot for people who collect cards, I think, or should be, or could be. I'm definitely going to check it out, Lou. We'll talk about it on next week's show. Um, you know, I think that with all that's going on in the world, it's surprising to me there hasn't been a bigger application like that in sports cards. Yep. Can you imagine walking around the street and picking up a Ted Williams card somewhere? <laughs> that, or how about like shaking hands with him or something? Yeah. You know, you know, we're saying hi or getting some hitting advice from him. Yep. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, yes, George, you're right. It's evolved. Crosby now can tell me certain Pokemons, which ones evolve into which. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, George, about your uh, missing Pokemon collection from middle school. Oh, God. I feel like we all have those stories. Mine, unfortunately, involves my brother, but we'll save that for another day. All right, Doug, what happened? All comments are cut off. Something happened. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's the uh, cutoff for the... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
thought, I thought somebody flipped flipped a bat from a comment standpoint. We, we had to shut them down. Oh, how cool is that, Nick? Awesome. So a member of our community, Vintage Breaks, sent his grandson a care package in the mail, and they just received it. He got some Pokemon cards and baseball. Well, whoever sent that to Nick, much appreciated. Very nice. So, Dougie, let me know when we're ready to uh, give away our today's freebies. Oh, wait, Lou, did we uh, – who's the Ashburn is this? I'm sorry. I know we gave it away, but I lost the uh, – That was uh, Craig Ov Ovido. Craig, oh, yeah, I know who Craig is. You got it. Hope I'm not mispronouncing his name too badly. Right. Bring Dougie in here. All right, Dougie. what's going on, everyone? All right, just gotta Dougie, wait. How do you like your uh, head football coach down there? Um, too soon to tell. We're we're injury. We're banged up. We're we're as bad as the Jets. That's okay. It's a it's a bad time for New Jersey football. And my, my weekly question for uh, Dougie is: uh, Do I get rid of Darius Slayton or not? And I, <laughs> Well, I mean, he gets touchdowns and punches, so just hang on to him. Just uh, I wouldn't be so – I wouldn't cut him, but I would keep on the bench until they start scoring some touchdowns. They haven't done so in two games. So. You know what's been the hottest topic of my life in the last few days? When Adam Gaze gets fired? No, not <laughs> my wife telling me that the instant COVID test is no longer good enough, nothing like that. Um, so uh, basically, Julie like tried to talk to me seriously about the Jets – like like what was going on? Yeah, like, I noticed you're watching more games with Crosby, and she tried to talk to me like and not had that smirk on her face. Like, why do you make me watch the Jets? And I basically said to her like, I'm not going to change who I'm watching. So if you really don't want Crosby to watch the Jets with me, you're going to have to show him another team because I'm showing him the JTS baby. I suffer. He suffers. That's right. I learned I learned to grow up with the Giants with the Dave Brown teams. I mean, we were terrible and I suffered and it yep. makes me appreciate the good teams. You know how you know how this is gonna come around and bite you on the ass though, is with my son. I mean, I grew up a Red Sox fan from you know 1966, 1967, going through, never won championships. I was a Patriots season ticket holder for 20 years mm -hmm. back in the you know, Grogan days and the mm -hmm. you know, God, I went through all kinds of crap. And then my son. My son comes of age, starts rooting for teams, and all four teams in town won a championship in like 10 years. And he's looking at me and goes, what are you talking about with all the suffering? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That probably happened for Crosby God willing. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he'll grow up in about, you know, in five or six years, everybody in New York will be winning and be going, why? What's the big deal? Of course I root for the Jets. <laughs> Just give him one. Just give him one. Yep. All right, guys, let's give away the uh, prizes today. We're going to randomize it three times. Three times. All right, guys, good luck, everyone. Thanks to All everyone right. who participated in our show today on Layton's Walk. You can find us each Absolutely. and every week, Wednesday afternoons, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Facebook. You can always listen to our show afterwards um, in, uh, or, excuse me, on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Next week, Stevie Holman, play-by-play -play announcement for the Atlanta Hawks, and that's leading up to the Vintage Breaks experience with Dominique Wilkins on the 20th. Very excited about Can't that. wait for that. Can't wait for that. All right, guys, three on the random. One, two, and the winners, three. All right, so Richard, this week's contest, there was no formal promo last week other than the Optic Box giveaway, which we already opened. All right, so we have seven winners. Uh, if you could read them off there, it's very hard for me to see. Absolutely. So Christopher Brown, number one. All right, uh, Matthew Townsend, number two. After party bonus spot. Number three, Jason Rothman. After party. Number four, Kenny Gantman. After party, baby. Number five, Gary Foster. 
So the last three, Gary and the next two, all win a Ben Baller spot in our free box break. All right, so it's Gary Foster, Brian Wilson, the Beach Boy, and Bobby Burrell. <laughs> awesome. Bobby, very nice. You snuck on in there. All right. Well, Bobby, nice. I'll have you on a future episode. So once again, folks, thanks for joining us. We have an action-packed episode next week planned. Don't forget, Dominique, that following Tuesday. And then the day after, Dominique, get your cards ready. Join us live here on Layton's Loft. We're going to give you our opinion on the show, what we think your card's going to grade, if you should get it, get it, if you should get it graded at all. And if anyone has a good plan for me for Crosby and the Jets, I'll take care of it if you can tell me what to tell my wife. Thanks, everybody. Take care, everyone. See you soon.